Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. We are back for season two with brand new mics and a brand new logo. This episode, we will preview Colts training camp, make some predictions on the AFC South, and have another installment of the Niners Neighborhood. So here we go. Miss saying that. It feels good to be back, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it definitely went through a lull there, but football, we can feel it. Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. We are 55 days away from opening day of kickoff. Ooh, that gets me so, excited. Um, speaking of kickoff, uh, I need to get your hot take on this one. There is a brand new rule. Well, there were two rule changes. One mm-hmm. is they can do a number zero now. Uh, at most positions, uh, one that we are familiar with, Paris Campbell. Yep. New Giants is now number zero for them. He'll probably look good in it. The other rule change is the kickoff rule. Oh, I think I heard about this one. In case people don't know what we're talking about, what is the kickoff rule? So. It's been a while since I've heard it, but what I remember it being mm-hmm. is no matter where it's kicked off from, well, not where it's kicked off from, it gets kicked off. Yep. And if it's inside the 10, I'm pretty sure, and you fair catch it, it automatically goes out the, to the 25. Am I, I correct? I, I believe that it's a fair catch anywhere. You can now... Instead of just a touchback, you can fair catch it, and it is a it goes out to the twenty five just like a touchback. Yeah, I believe so. You're gonna look that up real quick. I can see your wheels are turning. Yeah. So, but okay. So this drastically, in my opinion, drastically changes the game of football. Oh yeah, I completely agree. The strategy that goes into it and the kickoffs. This is all done. In player safety, you just found it. What is it? Um, it's anywhere inside the twenty-five. Okay. So if you're at like the forty right. and you fair catch it, it's a it's at the forty. Yeah, which would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of right. Yeah, we were both kind of right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. More. I was more right than you were. Regardless, I still owe you a biscuit. Just so you know. Ah, I just couldn't quite get the biscuit and line that up yet. Mm-hmm. Looking for a biscuit sponsor. But, yeah. um, so what are your feelings on, as, as a kicker, what are your feelings on this new kickoff rule and what it might do to the game of football? Okay, so there have been different styles of kicking throughout the ages. There's been, like, you're working up and, like, through the eras, you're working up to get it in the back of the end zone because that's where you want it. Yep. And then you finally got to that point and you're like, okay. It's just touchback every time. So it's kind of boring. And they moved it to the 25 from the 20. Yeah, so you lost five yards doing that. 
So I think, and then nowadays you try to get it inside that one or two, make them run it out, right? Yeah, make them get the yards, uh-huh. so that your special teams team can get down there and yeah. get the tackle. So from a kicker standpoint, it's an outrageous rule. I hate it for the kickers. I hate it for myself. And I don't, I'm not even playing the NFL. Like, it's kickers already don't get enough love. It is, well, like you and me discuss all the time, it's probably the only position that actually plays football besides the punter. Yeah, it's true. So, and I think it's such a, such a talent to be able to kick a football well. Like, I'm not trying to be prideful or anything. I'm just saying it's really hard to do that. Yeah. It's a hard skill to learn. And then pinning that to the one or two, that's extremely hard. Yeah. And you work so hard for that. And then, boom, it's a fair catch. Not even in the end zone. And it's automatically to the 25. Yeah. I think that's stupid. So, what do you think we're going to see on kickoffs? Do you think we're going to see them actually try and see if they can, you know, like, are they going to do the same thing? Are they going to go back to a touchback, squib kick? What do you think we're going to see more of as special teams coaches try to plan for this new rule? I think special teams coaches, they don't have that big of a job, like, no, compared to offensive defense. Yeah. So they don't have as much things to plan, so I think they're going to overplan. Try to do some weird squib kick that like bounces before the 25 and bounces into the 25. Okay. But I think that might work for the first week, first, second week. And then the other, the receiving teams just gonna be like, okay, just stand at the 25, get the ball, run a couple yards, and get down. Yeah. So you don't get pummeled. So then it's just gonna become back to normal. Regard, and then it's gonna be on the receiving team more am I gonna take this out or not? Rather than the kicker having to pin it. I have two questions. Since this was done in the name of player safety, which is debatable at best from a lot of the research I've seen out there, mm-hmm. um, even though all the special teams coordinators and most coaches were against this thing, is this going to be like the helmet? the soft helmet thing we saw last year where it was supposed to protect them and then we actually saw an increase in um, in concussions maybe maybe even because of that we're, we're actually going to see more squib kicks which are maybe more dangerous I so going with my theory that I said about the squib kick that's definitely going to be more dangerous than normal kickoffs you don't but, know who's going to handle that Like it's, it's more unpredictable yeah, yeah. exactly um, but, and continuing on with that, if it just goes back to normal, I think it is, if it, see, changing a rule, I think they may have changed it for player safeties, thinking, okay, they're just going to keep kicking it off the same way, but no, they're going to, it's the NFL, you got to try different strategies. Football's a game of strategy as much as people think it may not be. Um, so I think that people are going to try new strategies. I don't think the NFL necessarily... I don't think the league necessarily um, like takes that in account all the time. Um, so I think it, at first it'll be more dangerous, and then either the player, the teams will realize it's more dangerous and stop doing it, or they'll realize the strategy's not working. So then they'll go back to normal, and then once it's normal, then I think it's safe. Speaking of strategy, then 
do you think this leads to an increase and maybe even a complete normalization of an onside kick? Um, I definitely think that's a wicked strategy to try. Um, I, I think that- I think that it could definitely catch a lot of people off guard, and that would remind me a lot of Six Man as well. I thought you might appreciate that. Um. But it's, it's a little different. It's 10 yards instead of 15. I get it. A lot more players on that side to get the ball. Sure. So it's not as easy to convert. No. on. Um, and, but uh, there are many different styles of onside kicks. I think... You could, do, you could work on, and instead of putting all your effort into doing a touchback, or to put it pin it, maybe it's an entirely different kicking style that you're going to... Oh, it completely is. Um, I think that if you have a talented enough kicker, who's not just gone through normal kicking, who's like maybe like like me, like a soccer player, and knows where to kick the ball to make it do different things. I think that if you have that type of kicker, you definitely can do it and do like one of those kick onside kicks where it pops up in the air. You have some people go hit the front line and then other people go up and get the ball. Like that one Micah Hyde play from the Bills. I think, I think that it's entirely possible and feasible that we actually see a drastic increase in onside kicks. I agree, yeah. We've seen an increase in <coughs> fourth down in many specific situations in mm-hmm. the past few years. And, you know, as you mentioned, rule change demands change in strategy. And if that's what it is, if that's what we're going to learn and that's what we're going to focus on, we bring our, you know, that we have a specific team that is designed for this kind of team. And you, you might see a particular team, just like there was the Wildcat you know, several years ago, yep. you know, Miami Dolphins did that. They did it so well. Maybe you're going to have an onside kick team this year. I agree. They, they have learned the art of how to perfect that. And you, it doesn't matter if you expect it or not, they're still going to do it. Because mm-hmm. they've, they've figured out that they've mastered I could see the Colts doing it. They have such a talented special teams. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, it takes a good hands team. You have mm-hmm. a big tight end room. A lot of big guys, that might happen. Yeah, might be a possibility for the Colts. Yeah. Um, speaking of some other things, Isaiah Rogers uh, happened while we were out, and uh, he is indefinitely uh, suspended from the NFL, definitely the entire season for betting on games, including we heard uh, even a thousand dollars on a Colts running back. We don't know if it was for the Colts running back or with or against the Colts running back. Uh, that information may determine whether he ever gets to join the league or play football ever again. Yep. What, I mean, what do you thought? You, you aren't of, of betting age, but your thoughts on this? Um, I think, first of all, betting is a stupid thing to do. It's... You're gambling your money, which... You can get return on investment, especially if you have inside information. It's true. But that's questionable, then. And, like, what happened to, what happened to the old days where it's loyalty to your, to your team? Not as much switching around teams. You you got drafted to the team, and you play for that team. You don't demand trades. You don't, like, demand extra money. You right. get what you get, and you don't throw a fit type of thing. Mm-hmm. What happened to team loyalty? Yeah. Like, and I just think gambling in general is stupid. Yeah. Like, gambling, not like money, but like 
for example, goldfish on something. That's fun. Like it, the, I know why people gamble. Like it could be exhilarating and fun at times, but it's stupid. Yeah. With money at least. Yeah. I don't mind gambling something else. Yeah. Better to invest, huh? Yes. Yeah. Way better. Stocks. Um, I can see how some of these things can be confusing from what I've heard, like, because, like, you can bet on other sports, but not from the team facility. You can bet on other sports in your hometown, but not when you're on the road. I get how this could be a little confusing, but at this point, you know, you were betting on your own team. You're betting on the same sport. You're betting on your own team. Yeah. And so, like... That's not it. There's no... Regardless if you're for or against. Yeah. Last thing, Colts-wise, before we get into it, there's this whole Eli Apple thing that came out about... I saw that. On, uh, picked up by, um, if I can get this right, the Colts Wire, Bleacher Report, and USA Today, uh, all, uh, kind of at once going, like, well, in light of the... Isaiah Rogers thing and all this young cornerback mm-hmm. room now and Blackman switching to strong safety. They need a veteran. How about Eli Apple? Yeah. What uh, did we call this? February second. Before the before the Super Bowl even started. Yep. Free agency had just started and we already called. I think we had suggested it before then as well. I think so. Yep. I think I, I think we did. So uh, congratulations, everybody. Welcome to the party. You're a little late. We already called it. This is why you watch, listen to the Unstable Blues. We know where it's at. That's right. Um, so, speaking of some different things, what are, uh, as we head into camp uh, in about a week, what are some positions that you are looking at, you are watching, uh, coming up in camp? Okay. First position that strikes my mind. Tight end. Uh-huh. We have a lot of them. We've got a lot. I think like six, seven on the roster at this yeah. point. Yeah, we have a lot of them, to say the least. Um, we need to cut that down. Yeah. Uh, I think Drew and Jelani need to stay. Drew Still looked on rookie contracts. Drew was looking good, but he didn't. In training camp, but he got injured. Jelani was good. He was our best cut, catching tight end, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's um, pledged to more blocking. And you, mm-hmm. see, you can see a lot of growth from year one to year two because you have a whole you know, proper league off-season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, like you said, DB, we're okay. kind of thin there. Um, we're really, really young. Yeah, we're young. We're really young. Not necessarily thin, but we're really young. And by me saying thin, I meant like, uh, we don't have a lot of yeah. knowledge, I guess, yeah. whenever yeah. it comes to that. Gotcha. And then lastly, the offensive line. Okay. It sucked last year. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe just, um, seeing, like, we know our guys have talents. Yeah. We know they're talented. Can they get back? We need chemistry, though. Yeah, yeah. Same five from the get-go. Uh, like we said, like, they need to be doing everything together. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever they're doing, do it together. If yeah. Y'all, if, if y'all going out to eat, do it together. If you want to go bowling, do it together. You want to take a weekend, you know, motorcycle ride, do it together. If you want to watch Netflix, you better Netflix together, all right? Yeah. So um, that's what's going to build that up. Uh, In your opinion, what's the first tight end to go? 
I don't want to say this because we've on. been with the Colts for so long, but I think it's Mo Alley. I think so too. I think we've drafted what? One guy this year or two? Uh, we drafted uh, Mallory. Okay, so we drafted one. And we got two from last year. Two from last year, and then Granson. And then Granson. And Granson's in his third year. He's not even at the end of his rookie contract yeah. contract year. So I don't think we have space for Mo Alley. Mo Alley is. He's out of them all. You got to look at their situations. Even if you just look at money, you pay. You have four guys on yeah. rookie contracts, and you just brought someone in. You just paid another person to get in. I think Molly has to gone. Yeah, I agree. I think he's kind of been on the downward. On the climb. Other guys on the rise. So mm-hmm. I agree. Um, all right. We've seen these videos out here. Uh, you you love sharing these videos with me, where uh, we do this. Uh, like, without knowing who the... Without knowing what comes without next? Without knowing what comes next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You have to make your call here, okay? Correct. So, without knowing what comes next, I want you to rank your uh, top five non-football AR skills. Okay. So, Anthony Richardson has some non-football skills. I need you to rank them one to five in what you think they're without knowing what's coming next. Okay. Okay? Yep. Backflip. Um, short story about this. I, okay. I'm i learning how to do a backflip All right. over my senior year. Uh, so by the end of my senior year, I'll be able to. And I think it's it's hard to complete, but once you complete it, it's, like, it's so cool because you can just hype people up over no reason. So I don't think it's number one, but... I'd say number two. All right, number two. All right, basketball dunk. Basketball dunk? Basketball dunk. He can Ooh, dunk the basketball. Yeah. One even came out, yeah. Yeah, I saw that video. Twitter. Um, see, this is hard. I, I don't know exactly where it should go because I want it. I know how, I don't know how good it feels to dunk a basketball. Okay. I'm gonna say one. All right. <laughs> Jokes. Jokes? Yeah, he had that interview where he was like, I'm just here so I don't get fined thing. Oh, yeah, his jokes. Um, I'd probably say four. Okay. Juggling. I think that goes to three. That's, that's, you gotta, you gotta be talented for that. And he juggled footballs, nonetheless. Yeah. Three footballs. Mm-hmm. Last, and therefore fifth place is his art. Yeah. I, I think I like that list. All right. I like I like where everything went. All right. Because, he, you know, he, he drew the logo. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. I, uh, fifth maybe for him, but, like, out of all the other guys, he was pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of AR, then, who do you think will be QB1 on week one? Because brought in a guy who's very familiar with Coach Steichen's offense. Mm-hmm. Played it for the last two years. Brought him in on a two-year, $10 million contract. Also had the fourth pick in the draft. A lot of upside. But without seeing them in camp, only what you've heard so far OTAs, who do you think is going to be QB1? Okay. Anthony Richardson. Here's why. Okay. So my that's thing what you is... Think or that's who you want? That's what I think. Uh, that's a difference. Okay. Uh, that's what I think. All right. My reasoning is you... Let's take last year, for example. Okay. You bring Nick. You bring in Nick Foles on a similar contract mm-hmm. because he knows Frank Reich's offense. Right. 
good backup. Good backup, okay. Anthony Richardson doesn't know it, but he's the more talented quarterback. So you can you can teach him to learn it. But Gardner Minshew's there and knows the offense from Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Not Kyle Shanahan. That's, that's the last segment, man. Yeah. All right. What's it? Nick. Uh, Nick. Oh, Steichen. That's right. It's been a while. Steichen. Um, Gardner Minshew knows that offense. So I think it's another thing like Nick Foles where it's a backup. You bring in your rookie. You let him play. You let him develop because what are you expecting out of this year anyways? Why not let him play in the NFL? I don't think there's... Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think if things end up going horribly, then you put in Gardner. If things go horribly, you get a higher draft pick next year. I know, and that's why you put in Gardner. Like, I don't think that it's really a bad thing if you do bad this season. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that they will. We've kind of early on said maybe five, six wins-ish, right? Yep. It very well could be more, um, but we'll talk more about that as it gets closer. Okay, last bit. There's this whole running back situation. Yep. That's how three of the top running backs got franchise tagged, and that would be Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and yep, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, yep. So, but neither one of but none of them got a long-term deal. So they're only tagged, which means that they don't have to show up to any camp, any preseason games. They can be financially not penalized until they don't show up for a in-season game yeah and make a stand for what they think they are worth okay Okay. so how does the current running back situation and market impact jt going into his contract year this year um i think that um it definitely affects the way he thinks um i think any any sort of thing that goes on in the NFL at your position, even the Isaiah Rogers thing probably not shakes up other corners, but like it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So anything that happens to your position that's league wide, um, can definitely affect your mindset. Yeah. I don't know how it affects JT because he seems happy with the Colts. He seems like he has a fun time. He definitely wants to stick around. He was asked about it at OTAs, and he had this really positive mindset. But here is a tweet, a a response tweet that he had to somebody's tweet uh, as this went on. Okay? Okay. Here's the original tweet from somebody. One, draft a running back. This is, is, he said, this is his formula he's been having for a while. One, draft a running back. Two, play the running back. If he's good, three, franchise franchise tag him for one year. One time, only. And then, back to one, draft a running back. So, give him four, five, maybe six years 
if you if you take up his fifth year option and franchise tag yep. year. So here is JT's response to that. One, if giving the running back perspective there. One, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, three, you boost the organization. And then doesn't matter, you're a running back. That's good. So there's no he's not mixing any feelings that he might have on this. You know exactly where he lies on this. Um, I know Derek Henry has had some things to say on Twitter as well about this situation. Like people standing up for the value of a position that is being devalued. As a running back, <laughs> gotta ask you how you feel about this coming off injury and everything like that. You are, even though there's no money money centered around what you're going through, what you're going through is essentially around centered around the financial implications here for them. Um, so you're saying like kind of the same thing, but like with my injury? Anyway. It's like, like, do you think that there is a do you think the devaluing is appropriate? Uh, I, so first off, a person's a person. Mm-hmm. Very nice thing said. Um, you can't devalue people. That's just something I stand for. Um, so no, it doesn't matter if you're a running back, if you're a center, it doesn't matter what you are. You still have a place on the team without you the team wouldn't function properly there's a reason that position is on the team and can't just be thrown away um so no devaluing should happen at all like no oh i'm gonna franchise tag you just to keep you for a little bit longer and then i can let you go because you cost a lot of money um so i think devaluing is not appropriate at this time like our coach is like doesn't matter what you play you play, and that's that's what's important. You play the, to the best that you can. There's no devaluing that happens. Well, next we will take a look at the division as a whole and already have our very first team from Houston update of the season. We still don't have any sponsors, but if you'd like to sponsor our little podcast, email theunstableblues at gmail.com. Until then, we'll keep telling you what we do. We have made our own designs of some of our segments that we are that we are looking to get on t-shirts. Check out our Instagram and Twitter at unstableblues to see the designs. We will also be getting our very own hats with customized horseshoe U. So be sure to check that out. from Houston update background uh, it's a backhanded sarcastic compliment to the last expansion franchise in the league that replaced the original Oilers who moved to Nashville Yep. since there can only really be one team from Houston we do not legitimize the current team and their terrible nickname yeah. therefore we do not even say the mascot name so 
That is why it's Team from Houston. So here it is. Okay. Team from Houston update. First one of season two. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> Congratulations, Houston. You have a franchise quarterback. Yep. Congratulations. But you still have no receivers. But you still have no receivers with more than a thousand yards in their career. Not in a season. In their entire career. Yeah, in their entire career. All right. Well, our number one receiver just got a few yards shy of a thousand last just last season. Yeah. So. E yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Best of luck to you. Hey, quarterback. It's a step in the right direction. <laughs> Speaking of which team is really from Houston, the original Houston team, the Titans, signed DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year, $26 million deal. Your thoughts? That is an insane find for... Uh, Tennessee. Yeah. They already have Robert Woods and now they have D Hop. That combination scares me. Um and we have to play him twice a year. Yeah. This isn't the first time either. He played for the he team for me. I know, team. he's back in the He's back. Sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> Copyright. I think I can do just that bit, so that's um there's no music behind it, so it's okay. Um, Plus, he was just in Detroit. With, with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. That was cool. Right. Anyways. Um, the... Uh, D-Hop. Well, yep. Yeah. Uh, scary for the AFC South. I think all of it, they just need to find a quarterback to throw him the ball. I think Tannehill's probably going to be the man this year. Yeah. I think this might be his last year, though. It's like, his last contract year. I think it... I think... I don't know if he's a starting quarterback after this year, is what I'm yeah. saying. I think yeah. he's officially a Nick Foles quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't so, necessarily disagree with you. Like, I feel like he's a quarterback that can is a really good backup. Yeah. I mean, they do have massive uh, questions at quarterback. Apparently, Malik Willis is looking better than Will Levis. And and then the ten, it's Tannehill's last year, so if they wanted to try to go somewhere else, they got a brand yeah. new GM. Here's the thing with D-Hop is like, at the beginning, this is what he said he wanted. Stable management. Well, the Titans just changed GMs. Mm-hmm. Largely because they got rid of A.J. Brown, which they shouldn't have done, obviously. Because now they're paying somebody more money who's actually older than A.J. Brown. And that doesn't make sense. Number two, that he wanted a QB that loves the game and can get the job done. Well, we just talked about the un... Yeah. I, I definitely think Tannehill can fill that role. I don't know if he loves the game anymore, though. Yeah. I feel like if he feels like it's more of a job. You signed a two-year deal. What are you really saying with that? Mm-hmm. And he wants a great defense. I won't say that that's not the case with the Titans. With Rabel as their coach, they always will be somewhat of that Bill Belichick mindset. But I don't know. It's not it. the best. I don't know about a great defense. If you, I can easily think of five defenses that are better than that. Yeah, if you wanted all that, I don't know about this year, but next year, Colts. Yeah, yeah. We have pretty stable management, and oh yeah, and we haven't even like, like 
Shane just got hired as the head coach. I'm already at pretty simple. You got your up-and-coming rookie? Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Well, to close the loop on the whole Houston Oilers thing, the Titans will be wearing Oilers throwbacks, probably most people think, against Houston this year. Ooh. Houston is looking at new uniforms, but nothing will fix the uniforms unless you fix the logo and the name first. Agreed. We'll talk about that more in a special uniform episode that we're going to have coming up. Ooh. We'll talk more about these in a special uniform episode we've got coming up. But the Colts did just drop a new alternate uniform. They call it Indiana Knights. You can take a look at them for yourself online. Uh, Describe them for us, if you could, Liam. Okay, it's... So, it's like uh, the pants and jerseys start off with is an all blue, but it's the first ever heathered uniform in all of NFL um, and which is I think it's kind of cool I don't know how exactly it'll work since it is the first no one really knows there's like thoughts behind it but no one re- knows exactly until people play in them yeah. which I but I think it's kind of cool because one of my Colts hats is heathered it has that look and that texture to it so I think it's kind of cool whenever they wear those I'm like hey I'm kind of matching them there you go but the big thing about it all mm-hmm. is we got a black and blue helmet. Yes. We got one third of what we wanted. Okay. But I think if Descri- you describe that, like okay. there've been a, there's been a like significant response to when we tweeted out that uh, we have a third of what we wanted. Describe why you think it's a third of what we wanted. Okay, so we said we wanted all black. Okay. We wanted a helmet jersey. And pants. Yeah. Third being, there's that's three pieces, okay. and the third being we only got the helmet. Okay. okay. But I think if you get anything at all, I think the helmet's the best because I feel like just having the pants or just having the jersey would look a little weird. Yeah. I Not that it'd be hard to color, color scheme, but I just think it'd be a little more odd. So I'm glad we did get the helmet. Yeah, it, it looks really nice, too. Yeah. Uh, also got the Indiana C on, mm-hmm. the, uh, on the uniform. Some people thought that was a captain's thing. Little correction there. It's not the captain's. That's been a logo for like the past three years. Yep. Exactly when the black was introduced into the color scheme. Uh, so this has kind of been a plan along the way. You got to expect. They also then have, uh, what do you call them? Vertical stripes on the shoulder pads. Yeah. Down the shoulder, but not across, but down the side, coming from the neck down to the shoulders. Uh, which is unique as well. Um, Definitely. This has this has ripped a hole between Colts fans. There are many Colts fans that are like, this is awesome, this is fire. And then there's other Colts fans that are like, are you kidding me? We have the most iconic uniforms in history and we did this with it. What are your thoughts, sir? Um, I mean, I have been wanting a black for a while, I think. I get it's iconic. I get that. Yeah. But all of these teams are doing all these different things. Yeah. Like, spice it up. I get, yeah. Like, spice it up because you don't want to be that one team that's just like, oh, they, sure, they're iconic, but they didn't do anything new. Right. You can be iconic and have new at the same time, and right. I think this is kind of what this did. Because yeah. they added it into this color scheme. So you keep the iconic stuff the way it is because it, because black was added to the color scheme. It yeah. wasn't part of the original color scheme. So I think by adding it, you can do more 
spicy stuff with the black because it's not necessarily considered iconic. Right. Yeah. It, it's an added modern flair. Yeah. And that's what it's for. Yeah. I will say this, that I agree to some de- uh, extent with some people that have called it the blue unitard. Yeah. That the fact that it, there's not black pants with it, mm-hmm. with the blue, it's all one blue heathered piece does kind of look a little awkward. Uh, there have been some alternate alternates provided out there with people photoshopping and we're no different. So uh, on our Twitter and you know, on our Instagram, we put out what we thought it should have looked like. Some people have added all black to it and so we put our own blue uh, on black spin on it. So yep. you can check that out on our Twitter and Instagram at Unstable Blues. I also got to clear this up. There have been some people out there that said black is not on brand. As a branding guy, if it's in your color scheme, it's on brand. Yeah, I agree. And three years ago, they added black, not technically black, anvil black, which is a very deep, dark gray. They added it to the color scheme. So therefore, it is part of the color scheme. It is on brand. Yes. So, um, the heathered misstep, to me, the heathered blue might be a misstep. might be kind of like the, uh, the Jags two-tone gradient helmet yeah. that they had. Mm-hmm. We don't know, as you mentioned, because it's so early. Yeah. You know? Um... But I think, so, I think the black is what people are kind of looking at, and I think they did a really good job on that. Yeah, yeah. It's a step in the right direction. Uh, and, you know, it's another option, and uh, we get to see them uh, on October 22nd, week seven, against the Browns. Yep. Um, Real quick, before we wrap this up, I want to throw some irony out there. All right. Um, we had kind of talked about this. I think it's funny how these color schemes, not color schemes, this jersey, like, outfit, it's called Indiana Knights. Yep. Really cool name. I like yep. the name because of black and all that. Makes sense. But the fact is we have no primetime games. We have no night games at yeah. all. Yeah, it's true. So... <laughs> Indiana Knights versus the Browns at a 1 p.m. start. Indiana Knights at daytime. Here's the big question then about the entire AFC South. Who's going to win the South this year? Uh-huh. Early take. We're good. We'll do this again later, but early take. Early take. I've got as much as I want to say the Colts, I feel like we're going to. I've got I the feel schedules like, pulled up if you wanted to see them. No, I, I, I've taken a look at them a little bit. All right. Um, I feel like the Jaguars definitely have the hardest schedule out of right. the AFC they're South the top, because they, they were top. The top. They but I think they top. can also compete with them. That's the thing. I think yeah. Jaguars is a much better team than people let on. Yeah. Um. I don't think the Colts are going to win this year. I feel like they're going to be like, not overhyped, but like, oh, yeah. they're going to be good this year because Anthony Richardson. Yeah. He can't do everything. Like we addressed earlier, there's the O-line and the defense. I think those are the main problems right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like our weapons on offense are great. Um. So I think it'll be another battle between the Titans and Jags. I think the Jags are probably going to come out on top, like, just barely again. Like, not necessarily like a last game situation, but, like, just barely, like, by 
two or three games, yeah. I think. Um, until they got D-Hub, I was like, Colts are going to be second to the Jags. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like, I think they're going to be third, but I still say that D-Hop is a great find, but if nobody can deliver on the ball, it doesn't really matter. The question is, can D-Hop and Derrick Henry both be the top weapons that they can be, and therefore you have a decision to make eight in the box or double coverage on D-Hop? Or... If they can both do that. Or... Like I suggested, you put eight in the box, you double cover uh, D Hop, and you just let one safety roam everywhere else. Cover everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, just so you are aware, the Colts still own the entire division. Jags, 27 17 record all time. Mm-hmm. Titans, not including the old Houston Oilers or the Baltimore Colts ga- days, 28 15 all time. And against Houston, is 32 10 and. That one came from last year. All time. That's so, frustrating. <laughs> we still own the division. Oh, yeah. 100%. As Thank you, time. Peyton Manning. Yeah. And Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck pretty much owned the Titans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Enough of the bottom feeders of that conference. Next, we look at the top of the NSC with another Niners neighborhood. And we will answer the question, who will play quarterback for the scarlet and gold. We at Country Mountain Dogs seek to raise puppies fit for your lifestyle. Whether it is camping every weekend or curling up on the couch to watch the Colts, Cowboys, or Niners, we have a dog for you. Right now we have two Bernadoodle litters that are ready to go home in August. Check out our Facebook and Instagram at Country Mountain Dog. Feels like this episode has flown by. I correct. Correct, Brady? Flown? Flown, yeah. Flown, yeah. I don't know. It sounds not weird. Flown. No, not flown. Not flying. No. Flown. Flown. Yeah. Flown by. Yep. Niners Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I love this segment. Yes. Our new... We've now made it known as our other team. And yeah. So uh, that's why our new logo has uh, a little reference to Colts blue, but also a little reference to little Niners gold, gold. in it. Yeah. So um, nice, but then we got the star in the middle to reference here Texas. we are in Texas. Yeah. So, the uh, Lone Star states. That's right. So um, Niners neighborhood. What the question here is? What did the Niners actually lose from their NFC Championship caliber? roster first of all it's obvious Jimmy Garoppolo who went to the Raiders yep yep uh, also Robbie Gold yep didn't let him come back but then no. they drafted an upcoming kicker in so. the third round which was really weird to me but then again you think about the roster and you think you lost the star kicker might as well pick one up because you're okay at literally every other position yeah and uh, Jimmy Ward followed D'Amico to Houston. So Yeah, which kind of makes me sad. He's a very good, very good defensive back. Yeah. Um, and he has to play us twice a year now. Yeah. So not happy about that. Yeah. But in actuality, like, they still have. And then, and then they brought in 
And in addition, they lost Jimmy G, but then they bring in Sam Darnold. Yeah, I, I don't know about that move. I don't know if I like that. Are the Niners better with Sam Darnold? Uh, see, Sam Darnold. I'm not saying at quarterback, but just I know. in the locker room, are they better with Sam Darnold? I feel like there are three young quarterbacks in that yeah. locker room. Mm-hmm. Mr. Irrelevant, who's now relevant, very relevant. Yeah. Um, possibly, like, top five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, now he did get put in a great situation, so that's a whole other debate. Uh, Trey Lance, who was supposed to be the quarterback last year, yeah. but injuries, yeah. and then Brock Purdy came up. Yeah, we don't know. And Sam Darnold, I don't know a whole bunch about him. I do know he has a decent attitude. Yeah. Um. But that could have just been the clips I saw. Um. So I don't know if they're better. I know that they should not play Sam Darnold though. I know he hasn't been put in like good situations. But as long as you have one good wide receiver, you can at least throw the ball to him. Like, and like seven times out of the ten, he'll catch the ball if you throw it where it needs to be. Yeah. And you, he he had DJ Moore in Carolina for a year. But he still didn't do that great. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'd play him, but there, I, I think that could help the presence a lot. I think, so, you kind of asked yourself, okay, you, you kind of made it harder on yourself because you got Purdy, you got Trey Lance, you already got to, like, try to figure, figure out that him, out. And then you threw Darnold in there, and so now, but... You also look at the situation that they had and they got themselves into in the NFC Championship game. I think that's why they pick up Sam. One more rule change, by the way, that uh, now you can have a third quarterback that does not count against your 53-man roster. Third quarterback. I'm pretty sure it's full. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So you can now have carry three quarterbacks and the la- the other one, the third one, does not count against your fifty three. So you can actually have okay. fifty three plus a third quarterback. Okay, so you can have fifty four players. Yes. If you want. Yeah. Because they don't want to see another situation where suddenly, like you, you have your running back you playing. Absolutely, have become one dimensional. Yeah. You have no quarterback. And you just load the box, and right. they're done. So, um, but I'm sure this has to be on their mind that, you know, mm. we want. A solid, good quality, absolutely stellar three quarterbacks. If we need to turn and to that deep, I think this is Sam can definitely fit that role really well. Right now, he has to put his ego aside and realize that this is his place on the team. Right, he's still getting paid money, uh, but you're a third string quarterback, maybe second string. Yeah, you're you're not starting. Right, and so, but I mean, Sam and Trey both very high draft picks mm-hmm. so here's the question then who's starting QB1 I figured you were going to ask this for the Niners then and I've been thinking about this for a long time ever since the injury I'm like okay now we got to figure out yeah depends on how Brock Purdy has healed okay if he is really good Brock Purdy's starting okay he some people say he hasn't proved himself because he didn't play good defenses. I'd like to counter that. He did play good defenses. Yeah. Um, he played against... He played against the Bucks. He played against the Dolphins. He yep. played against the Raiders. He played against the Eagles for a little bit in that um, NFC Championship game. Yeah. Who did they play before that? The Cowboys. Yeah. 
They beat the Cowboys. The yeah. Cowboys is arguably considered the best defense yeah. in the league. He has proved himself. I think Brock Purdy deserves that starting spot. He came out of... He was the last pick in the draft. He came up, filled in role, not just filled it in, but overfilled their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So you are taking the last pick in the draft over the two other first-rounders that yes. they have on the roster. I don't care what draft pick you are, you need to prove yourself. Trey Lance is a more mobile quarterback, more where the league is heading, and has not had the chance to prove himself yet. Are you not going to let him or give him that opportunity? I give him the opportunity in the preseason. I let I let Brock play a little bit just to get back in the flow of things after he got injured. Yeah. And then I let Trey and Sam handle the rest. Um, if Sam, not Sam, if Trey does prove himself, it could be like that Malik Willis Rantan Hill time type of deal where they're fighting for it. I don't think if Trey proves himself, he automatically gets a job. I think Brock has the job right now, but could be fighting for it, not overtaken, fighting for it. I got you. All right. Sounds good. Well, I mean. Only time will tell with some of this stuff. Uh, camp is just around the corner, and it's already starting to heat up. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot more excited. And a lot more oh, yeah, definitely. Fantasy football as well. Yep. Next week, we will take a look at the first several days of training camp and how things are shaping up. We'll also take a look at the league as a whole. Man, I've missed saying this. This is Liam. This is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable. <laughs>